The following interview originally aired August 14, 2019 on the Wednesday Point, KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Well, last week, Marianne and I had the pleasure of interviewing fifth grade teacher Dawn Alexander from Tom McCall Elementary School in Redmond. She's the first Oregon teacher to receive the National Excellence in Teaching About Agriculture Award presented to her last month in Little Rock, Arkansas at the National Agriculture in the Classroom Conference. Here's our conversation with Dawn Alexander. Don Alexander, welcome to the Wednesday edition of The Point. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. We're so happy to have you here. It is so exciting to have the first Redmond teacher to win the National Excellence in Teaching About Agricultural Award with us. Tell us about your program, Please the Bees, at Tom McCall Elementary School that won the award. So this last year, I uh, during the summer last last year, I wrote a grant, uh, one from Donors Choose, and then one through the Redmond Garden Club, and I got an indoor greenhouse and some wildflower seeds and grow lights and other materials, and I wanted to introduce the students to the wonderful world of bees and how important they are to our food supply system, and so we started growing the plants, and then after school got started um, we did some information about bees and got to know um, how bees function in their hives and then I had the students um, choose an agricultural commodity that's grown in Oregon there's over 220 different commodities actually but they chose one crop that they then had to research and find out about the crop where it's grown how it's grown how it's used and then they had to research the bee that pollinates that crop and do a little bit of research on that Can and I stop you right uh-huh. there because a lot of people don't know that there are hundreds of bees different types of bees in Oregon so were they mostly honeybees that you were looking at or most of them yeah there there's also a few other uh, varieties of species uh, we also learned about mason bees and cutter bees and things like that so and not all bees uh, live in hives no so they most found of them out live a... in the ground don't they exactly yes and nests and they burrow in and make uh, their homes in wood piles and things like that and yeah and underground so they discovered all those amazing things a lot of the crops though do use the honeybees as far as the agricultural commodities Mm -hmm. so that was the prevalent species that they found out about Um, and then they had to present their material that they discovered we um, had big sheets of paper and they drew the outline of the state of Oregon and they would put down their information on different spots on this piece of paper. And then they used a piece of technology called Spheros. Now that's the thing I'm interested (laughs) in. It's like, how did you weave all these different aspects of the learning that the kids need to do? So Spheros is a robot. It it? is. It's like a spherical shaped robot that you can program. The students have Chromebooks, uh, their little laptops. And so they use those to program the Sphero to move around this big piece of paper that they had. And they would um, kind of like the coding, so they were all into that. Um, so and, they learned how to code. Yes, and wow. they they know a lot more about that than I do. Um, but that's they they took off with that, and then you can also program this Sphero to speak. So they would uh, do a recording, and the little Sphero would go stop at a place on their paper and say what they wanted it to say about the. Uh, crop or the bee and um, I want to be in her class (laughs) (laughs) I I learned a ton too it was pretty amazing Um, I'm curious what 
crop did the kids choose? Oh, well, they chose all different ones. So I had watermelon, we had strawberries, we also had alfalfa, which originally the kids were like, well, we don't eat alfalfa, but they, you know, if they eat meat. Exactly. And so they, you know, that was one of the crops that they got to put on there because they did find out that that still is part of our food supply. And um, so those were those were some of them there. Kale was another one that the students discovered and found out. And so a lot of our berries. Uh, one of the interesting things that we discovered through the year was that a lot of these beekeepers will lease out their bees. Uh, we had Carolee Prescott from Prescott Honey come into the classroom and she brought in some of her frames and mm-hmm. um, the gooey honey and let the kids taste and uh, they send their bees uh, in the like in February down to California because all the almond the almond uh, trees trees yeah. all need to be pollinated and so then they come back up here and then in about in March and April I believe they go up to Hood River Valley and pollinate the trees up there with the, the fruit apples trees. and cherries yeah. yeah so she was amazing to come in and talk to the kids and kind of that aspect of the bees and they travel at night and put a huge net over the trucks and um, because that's when they're you know less active and Mm-hmm. So it was pretty interesting. The kids really had a good time with that. So so are the kids afraid of bees? I mean, at the beginning, are most of the kids afraid? Do, are they afraid they're going to be stung? Or Well, that's actually how I started the whole unit was by asking a question that we, you know, graphed yes or no. So kind of getting in the, a little bit of math to start with. Uh, but are you afraid of bees? And 90% of the students in the classroom said yes. And so we had a great discussion about that. And, and then, of course, there's, you know, I had a two, I believe two students were allergic to bees this last year. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we had that discussion too, but a lot of them were just because, you know, oh, they sting me and, you know, they hurt. I stepped on one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So um, that's So how do you help them overcome that? Well, that was part of the, you know, when they were doing the research and um, we would, we found some videos to watch and just, you know, see bees in action. And um, so they would, they just kind of learned that most of the time bees are not going to hurt you. um, Only like if you step on them or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're bothering them, but um, they're pretty friendly little critters, actually. Well, they have a job to do, yes, too. I exactly. mean, they're pretty single-minded. They exactly. want to get to the pollen and back, or yes. to the nectar and back. Yes. Yeah. And and we found out that the worker bees are females, that's and they're the ones that do all the, the work. work. Yeah. That's Shocking. <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? And the drones are the males. And they but they home, take care of the take queen. Care of the queen. Yes. Yeah. So so they were interested in all of that, too, of course. And so they learned amazing things. In fact, one of the um, best activities I did was a honey tasting activity. Oh. So I had, um, I just figured that I knew there were different flavors of honey, but I figured they were all, you know, infused and, you know, just added flavoring. And But they're not. No, it's and because they of where the bees different. They do taste very different. And um, so I had gotten some carrot seed honey, which, because Jefferson County is like our main oh. uh, number one producer of carrot seed in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were amazed at that and so we should explain that the reason it tastes different is because the bees go to different pollen and mm-hmm. then they bring that back to the hive exactly yeah yep. so, so it's then, nothing that the humans do to add flavor to the bees right i mean so, the sometimes they do but yeah oh. for the most part that's yeah so that's the the um when the beekeepers harvest their honey and everything so so we had alfalfa honey because they're you know of course out in the alfalfa fields we had a we had a berry honey i think i believe blackberry i used lavender mm. which lavender was very interesting the students either loved it 
or hated it. Really? Um, it was really interesting to see the expression on their faces when they tasted the lavender. And if they didn't like it, their <laughs> face would all scrunch up and everything. But was, they probably all liked the blackberry. They did, yes. And and then I had them, I had put the different, you know, little spoonfuls of honey on a paper plate and numbered them. And so just like when you're wine tasting, and I didn't realize this, but there's actually honey tasting cards. Oh, so okay. I had purchased some of those and it had, you know, like if it, you know, has this strong flavor, then, you know, some of the sub flavors and things like that. So they would record on a piece of paper and then whether they liked it or not, but um, they would smell the honey and then you just put a little tip on your tongue and they kind of, you know, t- roll it around in their mouth. And it was really, it was an interesting lesson and the kids really liked it. And so I had also explained to them, you know, like this summer, you know, going to the farmer's markets and checking out, oh. you know, the different flavors of honey. Um, also asking, you know, the, the farmers that are selling it, ask them about their, you know, production and, and their, uh, you know, the honey, uh, the, sorry, the bees, you know, that they have and, mm-hmm. and different things like that. Just, you know, being curious and asking questions. Interesting. So that was a really great lesson with the honey tasting. So what was the final outcome? It seemed like you integrated a lot of different aspects, but what, how did they do at the end of the project? So the the lesson that I was talking about earlier was pretty much in the first part of the year. And then we did the honey tasting shortly after Christmas time. And so I, because they had learned all this information about agriculture in Oregon, bees in Oregon, um, I wanted them to, how are you going to get that information out to other people? And all this wonderful stuff that we've learned and how important bees are and some of the things that are happening to them. And so how are we going to, you know, protect bees and and get this knowledge out. So each um, student, and sometimes they were in partners or groups of three, they did different activities. I had a couple of students um, make mason beehives. Mm. So we had gotten some wood from Home Depot and and straws, and so they made mason bee houses. Mm-hmm. And um, Those are little circular. Uh-huh, that they yeah. just kind of burrow into the little holes there and everything. Mm-hmm. So they made those. I had a couple of students research, um, the, you know, what what's happening with bees or how, how they're um, sometimes with the like the hives and the colony collapse disorder mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the mites that get in there, even mice and mm-hmm. things like that. So what happens there? Different reasons there, and they would created a poster. I one of the awesome things that I had was a couple of students. Um, they made magnets with pictures of bees and oh. flowers on them, and they sold those throughout the school in their neighborhood. And then we also purchased some pencils, yellow pencils that had hashtag save the bees, and they sold those in the school. And then I had a couple of boys that made uh, honey soap and lotion, oh, um, and some girls made cool. some wow. honey chapstick. And so they w- sold all this, and I was like, okay, what are you going to do with the money? And and they so they had to create a budget and what you know a the things were going to cost exactly so and then what do you, you know are you going to take out the money that you had to you know spend on your products or are you going to just absorb that and um but what are you going to do with the money you make and so a lot of them i had one group of students uh there's a um a former teacher that from tom mccall that lives in prineville she has the prineville honeybee haven and she's got some acreage there, and they she has honey, um, or she has bees there that um, she raises, and some uh, beef animals. And so she goes to the farmers 
farmers markets in the summertime. And so the kids wanted to donate their money to the Prineville Honeybee Haven. Oh, wow. And then so that she could um, put that towards her business and get more wildflowers um, for the bees and nice. everything. So. Did they, they did they have to learn how to plant wildflowers too? Did they talk about that? You know, encouraging the bees yep. by planting. Yeah. So wildflowers? that when we were doing the project last fall with the research on the crops and the bees, that was the other thing we got going was the greenhouse that I had gotten with the donors choose and the Redmond Garden Club grant. So we had wildflowers growing in the classroom and so they helped plant that we did some soil lessons a little learning about different soils and what you need in your soil and then planting the wildflowers and then they were in charge of keeping you know care of the wildflowers and things like that and then in the spring we planted them out in our front um, we've got some raised they're not really flower beds but raised just some beds. raised beds that we have some other plants in mm-hmm. so the kids planted the flowers out there in front of the school and um Kind of, and then some of the teachers took them home, and you know, to have over the summertime and things like that. Nice. And these were fifth graders. Right? These are fifth graders. Yeah. How so many, nine. How many in the class? I had I had twenty seven students this last year. Four of the students were ILS students, which uh, independent living skills. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like a Down syndrome student and some other health and uh, mental issues, things like that. And so they usually had an assistant with them. And their project uh, at the end of the year was they made uh, T-shirts. Mm-hmm. and that had um, Be Kind to Bees. Aww. So they got to make T-shirts and wear them, and that was their way of advertising and um, contributing. You know, let it, contributing and letting other people know how, how important bees are. So they thought that was pretty pretty nice. So you're a fifth grade teacher. How mm-hmm. did you get so interested in agriculture? What's your background? My background is uh, I grew up on cattle ranches. My dad worked on Hereford Cattle Ranches, uh, Southern California, and most of my time was spent in Nevada around Reno. So I, I went to school there and then I ended up going to the university there. I majored in agriculture at uh, agriculture education and wanted to be an ag teacher in high school and do FFA. And at that time, when I graduated in the early 80s, there weren't a lot of positions open, especially for women. And so I started substituting that fall and got into a lot of elementary classrooms and realized that those kids didn't know much about agriculture and where their food where and their fiber. Food they go mm-hmm. to the grocery store and it's Exactly. There. That's it. It's on the shelves <laughs> in the grocery store. So I, um, I just started teaching some agriculture there. Every state has uh, an Ag in the Classroom program. So I joined up with the Nevada Ag in the Classroom and did some work with, uh, they would do some Ag programs in the classrooms and I did some of the literacy pieces with the students and things like that. And then when I moved to Oregon, of course, I got involved in the Oregon Ag in the Classroom. Classroom. So and, what brought you back up to Oregon? Uh, well, my I would come up here in the summer times. My grandparents have a ranch in between Redmond and Prineville. So I would spend summers there. And at, for a few summers, I would even help my uncle with haying and changing pipe and things like that. And then when my mom and dad retired in um, the mid-90s, I, I I knew at one point in time we wanted to be up here and have some property. Uh, my son was in 4-H and FFA, and we've got five acres. Tell us what FFA is. So it stands for Future Farmers of America, although anymore I think they're just calling it FFA because it kind of connotates that, oh, that just means, you know, cows and, you know, animals. And it's so much more than that. That's it's a, sad. It is. I mean, because that's so important. Agriculture is so important. It is. And, and I think that's one word that they, you know, message that they want to get out that 
it's it's more than just animals and that kids there's so many opportunities for kids um when they're in FFA, the leadership opportunities and the public speaking, um, business planning, business exactly, exactly. They have to have a an SAE project where they What's that SAE? so um, supervised agriculture experience. Oh, so like my son, his project was uh, he raised steers for the fair, and he also had a breeding project with Hereford cattle. And so they have to make so much money, and they you know put down their expenses and income, and and you know all their plans and things like that. So and they have to be responsible for another being, exactly. I mean, yep, yeah. and and work at that and everything. So it's a great program. Now it. At fifth grade, I have some students that are involved in 4-H because they can start being in 4-H in fourth grade. But I do have the FFA kids come into my classroom, and they do some lessons a couple times a year. And so the kids get, you know, involved in in those types of programs and know that that's, you know, when they can get to be in eighth grade, they can be a discovery member and then high school. And so lots of opportunities and career plans out there. So I try to do a little bit of career exploration in the world of agriculture. When I went to the National Egg in the Classroom Convention uh, at the end of June to get my award, some of the workshops that they did were talking about drone te- technology and how a lot of farmers now can basically, you know, be at their barn or their house and, and they've got their phones that can tell them how much water is, you know, going through their systems and if there might be a leak or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's just amazing the technology that farmers have. And so kids that are, are really into computers and that, you know, that aspect, there's a lot of opportunities for them in the agricultural industry. It's so that's important. a message I want to get you know, to them also. So do you talk about small farming also? Because there is a bit of a movement towards regenerative agriculture and small farming and keeping it local and mm-hmm. the farmers markets and all that. Exactly. And I and I think that's a good message too, that there's so much um our our food choices are so much wider out there now and, and a lot of people are, you know, going back to raising gardens in their backyards and and I think that's important in the farmers markets that that we have. But I, I also feel like kids need to be, you know, exposed to I mean, they say by twenty fifty we're gonna be feeding nine and a half billion people. And so in order to do that we do need these larger, you know, industrial farms. But I also talk to the kids and tie in the history part. We know so much more now than, you know, even twenty years ago sure. about, you know, how how, what's good for our environment and how to raise, you know, plants and animals and things like that. And so um, I think that's important, too, and the different cultures and the world, you know, that we're trying to live in. So. I think that's so fantastic that you expose them to so many different areas for them to learn about as a possibility that they might want to go forward with. Yeah, I- try to do some of that and um i know they're only 10 years old so they you know yeah. but at least planting that seed and you know just kind of letting them know that you know that and there's two sides to every story sure. and that's one thing too with social media we really need to you know learn about things and and read and get to know both sides well and there's more i mean it's circular to me it's like mm-hmm. there's so many different it's not just two you exactly. know exactly <laughs> yeah exactly it's many layered yeah yeah but don't don't just you know the first thing 
something you come across right. or, you know, that, so that's an important message for him too. We were talking about what brought you back to Oregon mm-hmm. and then how did you get involved in teaching at Tom McCall? What, how did that work? So when we moved up here from Reno, I had originally got a position at Vern Patrick. And so I taught fourth grade there and then third grade for a few years, mostly fourth grade. But um, when they opened up uh, Tom McCall about 13 years ago, that was also when they opened up Elton Gregory. Yeah, and I just, I put in for a transfer. I'm also on the Deschutes County Farm Bureau Board uh, as the women's chairman. And so every year I try to take a teacher with me to one of the meetings and they'll sponsor the teacher to go to what's uh, the Ag in the Classroom puts on a Summer Ag Institute. Mm-hmm. So that's they have one in La Grande and then one over in the Valley in different places. But the teachers spend a week learning about agriculture in our state and they tour different facilities and farms and get tons of materials which teachers love. And so just a, so educators get more of an awareness about agriculture. And so we have several teachers uh, that have gone to that and some that have put in uh, for grants with a garden uh, like a raised bed and things like that so trying to get teachers you know aware about agriculture and how it can tie in so this project that you had can you take that and give it to other teachers to teach throughout Redmond or even throughout Oregon well, the lesson that I did with the Ag Commodity and the Sphero project, mm-hmm. that was that was something that I had to write up for the application. And so I think they try to put on the National Ag in the Classroom has a website, oh. and they have what's called a curriculum matrix, and teachers can go on there, and there's I, like 450 different lessons <laughs> wow. that teachers can access and learn, you know, all about animals, plants, technology, um, just all kinds of amazing things. So I, I'm not sure if that lesson will be posted on there, but I think that's their plan when they have us write them up and things like that. So it's so. called Ag in the Classroom? Uh-huh. And the Oregon Ag in the Classroom has a really uh, wonderful site. And I have had Jessica come into my classroom and do some workshops with teachers and show them the website. And and they have free materials and, and items that teachers can borrow and, and get to do in their classroom and things like that, too. So lots of really good websites out there with agriculture and cool. a lot of the commod if they go on to Oregon um, the Oregon State Department of Agriculture they have all the different commodities and a lot of them have websites and and items and things like that so teachers can find out things there thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast KPOV is community radio for the high desert of central Oregon for more information and our program schedule go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.